A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy podcast with me, Alison Perry. This episode is brought to you by Microsoft, whose new groundbreaking AI tool, Copilot in Windows, can make your life easier across work, home and family. From getting answers, inspiration and help when you need it, to creating impressive artwork and giving you exciting day out suggestions, Copilot in Windows is the AI personal assistant you never knew you needed, but can't live without. I'm joined today by Rosie Nixon, who is a returning guest. Rosie came onto the podcast back in 2017, seven years ago. Where is the time going? I feel really old. Um, Rosie is a mum of two, an author, and until recently was the editor-in-chief of Hello! magazine. Now, Rosie is on a mission to reinvent midlife. Rosie, a warm welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Alison. I can't believe that was seven years ago. Scary. It's really scary, isn't it? Like, if, if you'd asked me to guess, I would have said three years ago, maybe. It just doesn't feel like that long ago, does it? No, really not. It's terrifying. Um, how are you doing today? What's your day been like so far? It has been okay, you know. I was worried I was going to have one child sick at home because I, they had to be collected yesterday. We all know oh. what that's like when you get the call and have to yeah. down tools. I was in the middle of a meeting in London. Um, but oh. thankfully, as often happens as well, they weren't actually on death's door when I got them. and They made a swift recovery, so he's gone back to school. And just things like that can throw your whole week up. It's the worst. I don't know if you've had this, but round where we are in Southeast London, there's just been this mega virus just doing the rounds. Yes. And so many kids have been off. And my one of my five-year-old twins had it a couple of weeks ago. And she was off for like nearly a week. And then it's, it's taken me another whole week just to try and catch up <laughs> and get back to where I was. It's like properly, like just madly trying to get back on track. This likewise is a tummy bug that seems to be going around. So that it seems like a whole host of them were sent home yesterday. Oh, yeah. it's that time of year, isn't it? It's such a joy, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So you're on a mission to reinvent midlife, which I love. Um, let's talk about that word midlife, first of all, because mm. it used to always precede crisis. I feel like it's had a bit of a makeover recently, hasn't it? Where it used to be quite a negative word and it's been reclaimed by this kind of swathe of this army of women who are just like, we're not ready to hang up our shoes and, you know, be considered like that we're heading into old age. We're, we're still here doing things. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're completely right. It has had a bit, a bit of a makeover. And now I kind of use that word very proudly. 
firstly is acceptance that I am in a different stage of life. I'm 48 now. I'm not getting any younger. The 40s are kind of disappearing before my eyes, but I'm not ready to down my tools. I still feel relevant. I still feel that I've got a new chapter ahead of me, but it's just a case of navigating it and being really, really honest with yourself about what is most important to you at this stage of life and how to build more of that into my life. Um, So it has been a period of reinvention for me. Um, I was obviously in a job for a very long time at Hello for 16 years and loved it. Um, Don't regret that time at all. But as it, you know, was drawing towards the end of those 16 years, I was just starting to feel that I needed a change. I just felt a little bit stuck. And so I had to go through quite a big process, really, of unpicking that, of self-awareness, of acceptance as well. Um, So really, I feel like I'm in a new chapter. I'm now ready to embrace my 50s. I'm not scared of them anymore. I'm actually really excited about what that decade is going to bring for me because there's a lot more freedom that comes with age too. And all of that experience that I've had up until now is all a very valuable part of it. It's not the end of one chapter, you know, that I'm focused on. It's the beginning of a new one. That's so good to hear. Um, And coming from um, an industry that, let's be honest, the media, you know, it places importance on youth and beauty and even working in that, you know, I know from working in magazines for years that it's so easy to get kind of caught up and swept up into it all. As you were approaching your 40s and mid 40s, did you have any feelings of kind of fearing it? Obviously, it's great that you're at a point now where you're looking forward to your 50s. But kind of yeah. rewind five, six, seven years, were you kind of fearing this kind of life stage at all? Well, I think I sort of was. It's like 40, you get your head around. And that feels like, you know, it was very much for me, I had my children quite late at 38 and 40. So it was very much the sort of baby kind of decade for me. 30, I'd say I was probably very focused on my career and, you know, how to get you know, a foot on the property market and your earning potential and perhaps finding that life partner. Again, you know, I found mine sort of relatively late, got married at 36. Um, And then the 40s were all about child rearing. Then suddenly it's like, well, you know, what is this next chapter about? Who am I now? My identity was very much tied up with work as well. And obviously, you know, going through babies, we go through that whole period of your identity being tied up with becoming a mum as well. Um, and, you know, I just I just felt like I needed to embrace the next chapter sort of wholeheartedly because I just didn't feel fully fulfilled. Yeah, um, and... What was that like? So didn't you retrain as a coach Mm, while you were still working in magazines? So what did you think was missing from your career in magazines that you were kind of searching for elsewhere? Mm, Well, I think the whole media world has changed a great deal. So sort of one of the factors was that my role had evolved um, and I felt quite you know, spread thinly across lots of different areas of a business. It wasn't really the role of editor-in-chief wasn't about editing the magazines. It was about being the front of a brand, um, hosting events and various partnerships, initiatives. So I kind of worked quite closely with lots of different parts of the magazine. So I think that was part of it in the 
the focus kind of wasn't there in quite the same way as I'd experienced before. But also the aspects of the job that gave me the deepest pleasure was around the purpose of my job. And I really loved events that we would do about inspirational women. And I host a podcast called In A Good Place, which is all about mental and physical well-being. So those sort of deeper chats I really loved. And I realized that kind of churning out the showbiz and royal news was perhaps less what I really cared about at this stage of life. So I think a strong purpose seems to be quite a common thread that I found in other conversations I've had with midlife women. And I think having a strong purpose can help bring us happiness in life. And if you're not really hitting that purpose, then perhaps eventually it can take have an effect on your physical health because, you know, I was feeling stress for all the wrong reasons, really. You know, I was working for somebody else. And also, I think as you get older as well, just having a bit more autonomy over my life and feeling like, look, if I want a day off or I want to be off the whole of half term with the kids and the Easter holidays, but I've only got X number of holiday dates. Well, I sort of want to have control over that at this stage of my life. And perhaps as well, something to do with the raging hormones maybe made me a little bit less content to just go along with the status quo. Um, I just needed to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. And I think so many women hit perimenopause and the hormones all hit. And also, Mm. I mean, obviously you've got younger kids and I've got younger kids. I'm in my mid 40s and I've got five year olds. But it's more common, I think, to have teenagers right about this age. And I think that has that plays into it as well. What do you think can be done to kind of get better support for midlife women in work where Mm. perhaps they, you know, want to be changing careers or like you wanted to just shake things up a bit? Well, I think the flexibility is very key, you know, and of course, sort of amidst all of this and these sort of the transition that you sort of go through in midlife, which perimenopause, you know, does play its part as well. Um, and as well, the changing landscape of our families. And you mentioned then children growing up slightly. And in some respects, I feel that my kids are nearly 10 um, and I've got an eight year old that the parenting is just starting in some ways because they need me so much more emotionally and it's not all right to just rush home at 6.30 and take over from the nanny and, you know, and uh, quickly, hurriedly catch up with them on their day. They need you to be like a sort of plant pot hanging around at home just so that you're there, you know, in the moment that they want to have that conversation with you or something's troubling them. And I want to be there for those conversations. And I didn't feel happy that I wasn't there enough. So sort of being being very present was really important to me. And I felt like my life was controlling me rather than I was in the driving seat a lot of the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm talking about perimenopause. Um, mm. You yourself have spoken about how it took you a long time to get diagnosed. And weren't you at one point described uh, prescribed with antidepressants, which is a really yeah. common mm-hmm. um, issue with women going to the GP with their symptoms and I don't want to use the the phrase fobbed off because that feels like really disrespectful to GPs who are doing a very hard job and can't possibly be experts and everything. But a lot of women feel fobbed off, don't they? I think a lot of women are feeling just a little bit out of sorts, I would say. that I knew I just didn't feel quite my capable self. And that was becoming apparent at work when I was, you know, feeling overwhelmed and quite anxious. I suffered from anxiety, really 
post-pandemic and I'm sure the pandemic had something to do with it as well it's all it was like a melting pot of a number of things happening at the same time I think often it's very easy to go to your job as being the cause of all stress and problems but actually when you try to take a sort of slightly more objective look at life then there are a whole load of factors that all contribute so certainly um you know feeling anxiety was really tough i was getting hot sweats at night and i was actually spearheading a campaign around menopause at hello so i was getting more and more educated myself in some of the symptoms and um it was actually i was having doing an interview with gabby logan for the hello menopause campaign and i was sat interviewing her and i just turned 47 and she was listing all of her kind of perimenopause symptoms that first gave her an indication that she could be in this stage of life and i was just sat there going oh my god yes uh the anxiety the hot flushes <laughs> you're taking them off yeah, sometimes I'd be in a meeting at work and a, the name of a colleague that I'd worked with for years would just completely go from my mind. And I've never experienced that. I've all actually kind of prided myself on my memory and quick recall. <laughs> um, so that was quite shocking, actually, to realise. And then the first time I did go to the doctor to try and discuss this, I was sort of you know, it ended up going down the route of well, what's going on at work and the stress and, and, you know, the dissatisfaction I was just feeling because I just needed a change, really. Um, and I was prescribed antidepressants initially. So it's very difficult to advocate for yourself as well when you are feeling a little bit out of sorts and anxious and probably not as confident in that environment as you might be in others. And I was somebody who rarely went to the doctor's and obviously, when a person is a GP is, is telling you something, then you kind of accept it because we all want to find a solution. But a little bit of me, it's that listening to that little voice in our heads that so often we kind of bury or we don't listen to until it becomes a more of an emergency situation. So I think my instinct probably was that it, that it probably antidepressants wasn't going to just fix this, but it did put a Band-Aid over things for a while and I carried on. But that little voice eventually just gets louder and louder until it reached a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore because I was really suffering from exhaustion and was on the brink of burnout from work. Felt very emotional as well. Um, didn't have a proper handle on my hormones and that coupled with the increased education I'd had around the perimenopause stage of life through my work enabled me to be a little bit more tooled up, I guess, the next time I made an appointment at the doctor. And the really kind of groundbreaking moment for me was realizing that when I called up to book that appointment with the GP to actually ask to speak to the, the practice's menopause expert, it's such a simple piece of advice that was a complete game changer because then the next appointment that I had with the GP was with somebody that was an expert in this area. And most practices you will find do you have somebody who is a little more skilled in that area because as you said before, this isn't about GP bashing. They cannot be a, a huge font of all knowledge on every single medical condition, but there are some that will be more expert in perimenopause and menopause than others. So I then got sat in front of the right person, told them the whole story and you know the antidepressants as well and how I was feeling at work and we finally got a plan in place that really helped. And for me, it was estrogel. Um, so I take HRT 
Um, I have to have a little note on my phone so I don't forget. I've got to do 14 days on and 14 days off of progesterone tablets and the estrogel, um, just a couple of pumps every day. And very quickly, I noticed the difference. It was almost like putting on a pair of glasses, you know, where everything just goes into focus. And that really worked for me, but it took like at least a year and a half to get there of muddling through and not feeling quite right and figuring out, you know, what what was going on here. And it's exhausting, isn't it? It's just even hearing you talking about it and saying that you you were tooled up to go to the GP. It's like we shouldn't have to be arming ourselves <laughs> and feeling because like. You know, so I, I talked to so many women who were like, oh, I've got a GP appointment this Friday and I'm, I'm dreading it because I just know it's going to be a battle. It's I like, know. Well, I guess, yeah, tooled up is perhaps the wrong word. I guess I mean informed. So it does feel like you're going into battle sometimes. Mm. I, I really want to get the outcome that I deserve and mm. I'm going to do what I can. The other thing that struck me as you were talking was... um. I think it was Liz Earle, when she came on the podcast, I'm sure it was her that said, listen to what your body is whispering to you. Don't wait until it shouts. And that really kind of came into my head as you were talking. And it's like, yes, that is something that so many of us have to keep in our, you know, keep in our minds and remember. Mm. And often that little voice, you know, can be its own worst enemy. So actually finding a sort of positive way to communicate with your inner narrative is really, really important. And how, you know, you can become your own champion rather than having sabotaging thoughts, you know, that just tell you to just stop complaining and keep getting, you just get on with it. You know, I kept thinking as well and that guilt feeling also, gosh, but I've got so much to be grateful for. Why am I not just getting on with it? But actually, the little voice was saying, do you know what? I think this has been a really great chapter, but I've changed as an individual. I'm just ready for something new. And that's okay. Yeah. And of course, it's not all bad midlife, is it? What do you think are the strengths and the opportunities? Mm. And what are the the ways that your life is better now than it was? Well, for me, now that I have got sort of my hormones in check and I've found some sort of other supplements that I take that really sort of help improve my well-being, like gold collagen, which I take daily, um, that's definitely helped me so, sort of um, feel a lot more glowy and back to my sort of more confident self. And um, I take uh, the better menopause is the better gut because I was experiencing a number of gut issues and this we know a lot more about the gut now that it is almost like a second brain and so much of our health is controlled there. So I definitely feel like I've got a lot more energy. I've got really into exercise, strength training. I found that I absolutely love going to the gym and lifting heavy weights, partly for you know the physical benefits, but also mentally. Um, I'd say as much mentally that when I'm in that zone, trying to be a personal best I can't think about anything else you know it's so good for sort of clearing your mind Um, and it's and it's very rewarding to see yourself make some progress getting outside and running so I definitely probably feel fitter now than I was I'd say 10 years ago Um, and I'm much more aware of who I am as an individual and we touched on earlier the coaching course that I did another part of my desire to bring more happiness into my life was learning something new and that was an amazing experience as much for the self-awareness piece as for you know the skill set that I now have and I really enjoy working with some private clients and helping them to navigate transitionary times. 
That's brilliant. It's so good. Um, and tell me about that kind of epiphany moment that you had when you were reading one of Gretchen Rubin's books that made you it made you realise actually this is ah this yes. is what I want to do. Loved that book actually because she talks about you know the days are passing fast you know and they've got to be fulfilling. So she went on this mission to d- discover what made her happy. It's a really great book actually, and I do recommend it um, for somebody to read. You can dip into it as well. And one of those things was challenging yourself and learning new things. So creating new neural pathways, which is something that we um, study in the coaching process as well. And that it is possible to create new habits um, by making small sort of incremental changes in your life. So I was, I suppose, a little bit um, inspired by that book to do something new and actually sign up for this coaching course and take myself out of my natural comfort zone in the media world and try something new. Um, And I loved it. You know, it was an online course and we studied for half a day every week online and I met a whole group of strangers. Nobody cared what your previous profession was. We were just all in this together, learning something new and having these great conversations about our values are all, you know, different stages of life. Um, And that that really, really helped. Um, and I think spreading out sort of your status as well, getting involved in more things I've found really helps a greater sense of fulfillment. Yeah. I think when when everything is reliant on one thing, like one big job, I felt like I had one big job and all my status was tied up in that. And if that's not going well, then that's going to hit me really hard Yeah, because it's so much is tied up in that. Whereas now I enjoy a portfolio career, which I really love. So I'm involved in lots of different things. Um, I'm more aware of what my strengths are, so what I can bring to the table. Um, And if one's not going so well, it doesn't matter so much because the other one might be going well over here because that is life. It is going to be an ebb and flow of things going well and then not so well, and and that's okay. But I feel like my status is more spread out now. Um, And I've got more time to be around for my children and for those conversations that happen ad hoc when they've just got home from school at 3.30 when previously I wasn't really here. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible Resistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, that leads me on to my next question, because the last time we spoke, we talked about self-care and balancing parenthood Mm. and work and obviously things were very different for you back then what do you think you've learned I mean obviously you've kind of just spoken about a lot of stuff (laughs) you've learned but if you had to kind of distill it into kind of like the main thing that you've learned in the last seven years about balancing work and parenthood Mm. and life 
because life isn't just about parenting right you're allowed to do stuff that for you as well <laughs> mine get very annoyed when I say I'm going out for a night with my friends like really <laughs> what, what would you say you've learned Rosie well, I think sort of giving up a concept of perfection. I don't think that any of us have it completely dialed down. Um, and the idea that we can do it all and literally be firing on cylinders day in, day out um, and looking pretty as an Instagram picture 24-7, it's just simply impossible and not real. Um, so giving up that high bar and that you know idea of things being perfect is so liberating I love that I love the phrase done is better than perfect and it really is something that I have to keep telling myself when like you I kind of strive for that perfection it's like no come on done is better than perfect move on to the next thing you're so right that is a really good phrase isn't it um and yeah sort of as long as everybody's happy as long as I'm more in touch with what makes me happy and you know boundaries is a I am a work in progress and I have to remind myself every day to keep the focus on the right things um so you know I don't claim that I've got everything figured out now I'm still I'm still working it out but I do know that it was possible to make a change uh to my life and the, the world didn't collapse I still have great friends in work and out of work and actually it was fine it was all about just taking small stepping stones to reach a happier place yeah Um, now your boys are in that tween stage so they're not little kids anymore um, but they're not teenagers yet what do you think are the challenges that that stage brings to you as a mum oh well I guess you know, the definitely their emotional needs are growing. I've got two very creative boys, which I absolutely love. So we have a lot of singing in our house and a lot of shows and things Brilliant. like that. Um, yeah, and actually, you know, the the importance of play and encouraging them, encouraging their creativity in the right ways. You know, managing screen time is obviously a big one that I'm sure lots of families relate to and how long they should be on it for. But we are finding sort of constructive ways to use the screen. Um, You'll be interested to know that I had an expert on um, the podcast a few weeks ago, um, like a social media um, safety expert. Um, and she was telling me that the whole notion of screen time is outdated and that actually it's oh. much more important to look at what your kids are doing on the screen because there's so much so so many good amazing brilliant worthwhile things that you can do on a screen from facetiming your gran to doing your homework to reading a book on a kindle you know there's loads of different things that they can be doing so to kind of do a whole blanket kind of oh screen time you've had too much screen time today actually isn't helpful Mm. for us as parents You're right. Absolutely. And that's really interesting point, isn't it? Sort of reframing it and seeing sort of the benefits of technology being an integral part of all our lives. And I live with a very techie husband as well, who has all the lights and everything sort of connected to um, various devices in the house so we've got that as well here yeah yeah and it can obviously help when you're busy juggling your life I'm all for shortcuts and time-saving exercises I mean I've been using my sort of Microsoft to-do list constantly so that it's almost like a, a time way to time block 
which I really enjoy. So when I know I have got a whole load of things that I need to get through in the day, I can put them on a to-do list. I can use focus assist to make sure that I only focus on that activity for a period of time. It can even play me some nice relaxing music while I'm doing it. So I'm all for using technology to make life a little bit easier. Yeah, that's so good. And are you someone who tries to keep up, keep up with social media? Or do you feel, especially when it comes to your boys and them mm. perhaps getting involved with like online games or social media, do you kind of get involved and mm. keep up with what's happening and the developments? Or do you tend to kind of stick your head in the sand and think, oh, it's all a bit much for me? Yeah, no, I mean, they've seen Instagram, you know, is the social media channel that I most sort of engage with, I would say. I um, And they obviously like going on to Snapchat and looking at the different filters. They're still quite young in terms of that. They haven't yeah. asked for their own accounts. That is going to be something that will take some managing. And I think as parents, we have a big responsibility to look at that and decide what our stance is going to be on it. And I am sort of cautious about what I post about them in the online world, knowing that that's going to be around forever. And obviously we didn't grow up with that, you know, worry in in, in our lives. Um, so so that that is going to be something big. I'm not quite there with them yet on that because they're still quite young. But I think I wouldn't be burying my, sand, my head in the sand about it, though. It is a part of life. And I feel like the responsibility is on us to have the knowledge. It is. It is. Also, it's so weird because my um, my 13-year-old, I've just given her Instagram, just allowed her to, to go onto Instagram. And it's made me feel really self-conscious about what I'm posting. Not in a way yeah. of, um, you know, me posting anything inappropriate, but more just like, oh, no, does she think I'm totally cringe? Like, does she, yeah. is, she <laughs> is she looking at what I'm posting on my stories and like, oh, mom, you're so embarrassing. Yeah. And it, it, I kind of accept that they're going to find me cringe. <laughs> I mean... Yes. And, uh, but also, it's. I suppose it makes you question yourself of why you're using social media and for what reasons. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I don't want my life to be driven by social media. I'm very much about using it now as a tool for my working life. Um, but it's really only there to help support what I'm doing in the real world, which is very much where I like to work for 80% of the time. Yeah. Now, of course, as we've touched upon, tech is something that can help us juggle everything, isn't it? What kind of things have you started to put in place to help you? Because I know that you've been embracing technology a little bit to kind of benefit you and your family. Tell me a bit more about that. Mm. Well, I think as a time-saving initiative, I touched on earlier using um, to-do lists, which I find really super helpful. The Microsoft to-do app is brilliant. Um, but also embracing AI, um, my husband's very genned up on AI, so he's got us very much into that. And we've been using Microsoft Copilot. I actually had a brilliant session on it over the weekend. We hadn't planned any holidays for this year, which has been kind of stressing me out. And it can often feel like another thing that's on that to-do list. And it should be fun, shouldn't it? It should be never organizing is. precious it time. Never is. <laughs> it always seems to be my job to, you know, instigate that conversation. And we've got a camper van, which has oh, been wow. my husband's dream to get one. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm still am getting my head around the actual concept of go of whether going away in a camper van is actually a holiday <laughs> or not. <laughs> the jury's still out on that. I have to let you know afterwards. But how to go about booking this holiday with a camper van? And we were thinking we'd go to France for a couple of weeks, travel around the camper van. But I wanted to stay in some really nice kind of luxury glamping sites, have 
things to look forward to in the camper van. Um, so I used Copilot to help me create an itinerary for a holiday, which was absolutely brilliant and such an amazing time-saving um, initiative. Saved me having to trawl for hours and hours through a web browser, finding sites and reviews. So I could keep refining my requests to Copilot to plan a holiday for four people and I could give the ages of the children where we'd be starting off where we wanted to go roughly in the south of France and that I only wanted stylish glamping campsites with swimming it. pools and, and did, it, did it come up with really like genuinely good suggestions that you were able to then go and book it planned day by day what we could do as an example itinerary and then I could keep refining it so I then said could you present this just as a one-page itinerary and then could you look at budgeting as well? Um, could you put example costs next to um, each day? And it even kind of figured out how much we might send, spend in petrol um, and how much the ferry crossings would be. That's amazing. So that was brilliant because that took me probably about half an hour. And I still haven't actually gone through and read it all word for word yet, but I know it's there. And all I have to do now is click on the links and think that looks nice and book it. So it's almost like having a virtual PA. That feels like a total game changer. Like I honestly think that I feel like this is the only way that any of us are ever going to plan holidays from now on. Well, it's definitely the way that I am. <laughs> it's, it's the way forward. I feel like, yeah, this is a big secret, everybody. Um, it's a really good use of AI. And actually, it was one of my children that suggested that we do that. Because um, my eldest is already quite an AI whiz. Um, I mentioned, you know, how creative he is. He's been really into writing scripts for potential films and wow. musicals that he's going to direct through AI. So he actually, it's second nature now to ask AI how it would help with something that he's working on creatively. It's so good. And and does it mm. kind of lurk? I know that some AI um, bits of software, they kind of learn a, a, more about you as you go. So it'll remember information that it's given you, the story that you've given it, and it will yeah. use that to kind of feed into the, the information it's giving back to you. It does. And you don't need to do everything in one session as well. So the itinerary, you know, I can go back to that and it will still be there in my search history. So it will still understand that we're a family of four and all the information I put on initially. And I can ask it to continue refining and refining until I get something perfect. That's incredible. Um, what other kind of creative things have your kids been doing? Because um, I'm sure you mentioned something to me about them making Christmas cards using Co-Pilot. Ah, Yes. Now, that was brilliant because, again, I think like a lot of parents, the thought of AI is scary yeah. um, and we worry that it's going to sort of have an effect on our children in a negative way without actually understanding the capabilities and how using technology can actually create really lovely in-person events. Um, so my son actually created a number of his Christmas cards for friends and family. I got a very beautiful one on Christmas Day um, using AI, uh, using the paint um, app that they have on Microsoft Copilot. Um, and he created some really beautiful artwork by putting in 
the um, suggestions to the AI or giving them descriptions of the friend that he wanted to create the card to. So whether they were into football or they were into the arts or their favourite colour was red or purple, and it would create an image that was then perfect for that person. So he printed those out, um, which was very exciting for him, cut them out and then stuck them into card signed the cards and then that created such lovely moments he created one for my parents as well his grandparents which he gave them on Christmas day um so that was really really creative and obviously the images were incredible so was that using um, the big image creator that he did that that was yes that was the name of it yeah that's so cool mm-hmm. you know what what I love about this is that it's using technology and AI to actually create real life in-person moments like we're so we, we're mm. so kind of worried I think about especially with kids thinking oh technology they're on screens you know they're not having that face-to-face contact with people um, it's really going to you know impact their development and the way that they're you know um, relating to other people and what you've mm-hmm. just described is them is your son using technology to actually enhance his real life face-to-face connections Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, last night, again, when I was trying to get them to go up to bed, they they were kind of asking for an extra 15 minutes to be able to have on screen. And initially I was like, oh, they they'd had they generally allowed half an hour a day is our sort of screen limit that we put on during the week. And then one and then he said, well, look, I'm halfway through writing this script for my musical and I just want to can I just finish that? How can you say no to that? (laughs) And that is something that he's creating so that over half term when he's got a play date with his friends coming round, they're going to act out this musical apparently, which will be such a wonderful moment. Oh, that's so amazing. I mean, something that I'm interested in is is how we stop our kids from using AI to generate their homework for them. Mm -hmm. Um, What kinds of conversations do you think that we should be having with our kids about using AI properly? Yeah, well, I think, you know, AI is there for prompts and for helps, you know, for for help in the sense that it might get you going on a topic, but it's not going to give you a kind of word for word answer to your homework. And in the case of my children, when it's still very much about spellings and maths and things like that, then AI can't give them those answers. You know, nobody's going to answer that for them in the spelling test at school, but I think it can help you achieve things a little more easily. Um, but with homework, it's definitely not there to do it all for you. I mean, there are guidelines within AI, but I think as a parent, you know, we should be having those conversations with our children and establishing boundaries that we feel happy about within our own home. Yeah. Also, tell, letting them know that because I heard that schools, a lot of schools have AI detection software. And so letting, and even if that's not 100% true for all schools, just tell your kids that because them thinking that if they submit some homework that has got too much you know input from ai that they'll get into the wick court and they'll get into trouble that should stop them from doing it and it's not quite perfect even with heath in his scripts you know he will then copy that into a document and he will tweak it it's never quite right or exactly as you would say it um so i think developing your own tone as an individual is going to become even more valuable a really helpful. Um, I've been kind of delving into the kind of AI world on TikTok, just in terms of you know following people and watching videos from people giving you really good prompts and really good things that you can say to AI to help you get what you want. And a really good way that I've heard it described on there is 
kind of picture it as like either a colleague sitting across a desk you know that back in the day when we all used to work in offices and you would be bouncing ideas off a colleague who's Mm. opposite you and you would just kind of have an extra person to bounce those ideas off I feel like that's a really good way of you know treating AI you're not you're not you wouldn't go to your Mm. colleague and get your colleague to do your work for you but you might be like oh and give me some ideas for this thing that I'm working on, you know? Yeah, you're right. Especially with us working from home and a bit more isolated a lot of the time, then that is a really useful, isn't it? To have that sort of sounding board from AI. But I think just to get you started on an a- on an idea, I actually asked um, Copilot to come up with a potential um, logo for a company that I'm developing. Um, well, actually, I used the Paint app to come up with that. And it could put words and some symbols, but again, it wasn't quite right. And I will still work with a graphic designer to get the logo right. But it just got me thinking. Um, you could put in a word and see how AI would translate that word into a visual. And it just got my creative juices flowing. Yeah, I've heard co-creator in paint is really brilliant for that. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, we've touched upon... Um, you know, uh, screen time and keeping kids safe. And it's obviously incredibly important that to ensure that we have control over what content our children can access and ensure that we're setting appropriate screen time limits on their devices. What are some of the ways that you're ensuring that your kids are safe while using Microsoft Copilot? Well, I like the fact that I can set screen time limits and schedules each day using Windows 11. So that's quite important. As I mentioned earlier, we like to have sort of half an hour of screen time in the week although it can be flexible at times as happened last night with the writing of the um the script and then they can have more at the weekends or on school holidays so setting screen time limits i think is really important and works for us content filters as well so that we're ensuring that age appropriate content so we can filter um, specific apps or games or websites for the age of each of your children so that we know that the family are internet surfing safely. Um, and that's something that we can do by using the Windows 11 safeguarding tools. Brilliant. That's so good. I mean, it all sounds very futuristic, but, you know, it is actually a reality right now. Um, so it's so great to chat to you about it, uh, Rosie. Um, a final question. Imagine it is 2030. What would you like to say about the journey that you've embarked upon since 2024? Oh, I think hopefully that I have found a better balance, that I feel really in touch with who I authentically am you know, at that age, Um, I'll be sort of well into my 50s then. Um, And just happiness, really, I think I've realised that success equals happiness. Um, And as a state of calm, happiness means feeling calm, not waking up feeling anxious. So I think the tools are out there to help us achieve that. Um, I'm still on that journey. But hopefully by 2030, I'll have it I'll have it down. Well, I'll tell you what, that's seven years time. So considering it's seven years since you were last on the podcast, let's have you back on tw- in 2030 and we'll find out. <laughs> so interesting, wouldn't it? Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Rosie, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been right. so great to catch up. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Copilot in Windows is available on the latest version of Windows, which you can easily access for free on your devices. Check to see whether you have the latest Windows 11 updates in the settings bar 
so that you can access Microsoft's new AI tool. For more information, head to Microsoft.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.